Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, and I'm so happy you're here. Today's interview touches on so many juicy, good things. I interview Leslie Logan, who is the founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com. She's been teaching for more than 12 years, and when not in her studio in Los Angeles, Leslie can be found traveling the world, leading Pilates retreats, hosting pop-up classes, or offering fitness business workshops and coaching. You guys, we touch on so many things, personal development, money stories, relationships, mindset shifts, like so many things. You are going to want to listen all the way to the end because you're going to be so inspired by this woman, her story, and all of the funny ways that she brings light and love into her experiences. So I hope you check it out. Listen, if it resonates with you, take a screenshot and share it with your friends. Leslie, I'm so excited you are here. You guys, Leslie is awesome. And we have, we have crossed paths so many times that like this was meant to happen. I am so thankful you are on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Miss Leslie Logan. Hello. Hi, Sam. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Do you, you know, it's really funny. Our paths have crossed a million times, but do you go by Sam or Samantha? Sam. But you know, like oh, all my good. professional stuff is like Samantha. And so people ask that all the time. But to me, I'm just, you know, it's like professional. I'm Samantha Joe Harvey. But in real life, no one calls me Samantha Joe Harvey. <laughs> right, right. I go by LL everywhere. And it's really funny because people who know me in like the business world and all the places that I get to show up and travel and teach, they're like, LL, I'm so excited to be LL. And then someone will call me Leslie. And I'm like, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Well, I'm super pumped. I feel like now I'm part of the LL crowd and yeah. now everyone that's listening gets to, gets to be part of that crowd too. So girl, you have an amazing story. I know tidbits of it and I would just love for you to share because you have some ups, some downs, some wild things that I think so many people are going to benefit from. So can you tell us who, who are you? Who are you? Where did you come from? How'd you get here? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, um, you guys, I'm Leslie Logan, but I go by LL and I live in Los Angeles now, but, um, my husband and I try to travel a lot for, for work. We use work as an excuse to get out of town. Uh, so we travel about 140,000 miles a year generally, except, well, not this year, but, um, who knows, who knows what'll happen, right? Um, I am a Pilates instructor and a fitness business coach. Uh, but I actually, when I first heard of Pilates, I thought it was like a joke, like infomercial, not a real workout. <laughs> but I went, I went to the workout anyways, and I fell in love with it. And I literally changed my entire work schedule around being able to go to Pilates every day. I was obsessed. And what's funny, because I'll promise I'll, I'll skip ahead, but I had this like weird 
panic anxiety attack going into work one day. And that feeling that I had then that was in 2007 is something that whenever it comes up, I know it's time to like go to the next level. Like I'm, I've been, I've actually been playing small in quotations or just like not listening to, I've outgrown my shell. And um, so I had this weird panic anxiety thing. And I was like, I just can't be here. This isn't working. And I moved to LA. So I was in Orange County when I discovered Pilates and I moved to LA and I was running a high-end women's jewelry store. So I used to sell diamond necklaces that were in the shape of pretzels or wishbones. I used to sell $500 leather bags with your initial on it. You know, like everything that anyone was knocking off, I was selling. And so I moved to LA in 2007, which if anyone knows what that year is, it means hello, recession is coming. <laughs> um, but I was struggling to find Pilates classes that I loved. And I think um, this is like really a, a, another key thing that I always take notice of when it happens. When I get frustrated about something in my life, it ends up becoming the thing that I do next because I need to fix that problem. And so I couldn't find Pilates classes that I was enjoying. Um, and especially on the budget I was on because LA is massively expensive and I was a manager of a boutique store. So let's just get a little real there. Um, and so someone said I should become a teacher, which I was like, I can do that. I could, I could become a teacher. Isn't it funny when someone tells you you could do something and you're like, Oh, <laughs> like you need permission. So I became a teacher and I was working so many hours, even during a recession, I was actually teaching so much and working that I had to switch from a salary job with a 401k with health insurance commission to working as a Pilates teacher, which is like our time for money. Right. But I did it and it was like the best thing I ever did. And, um, so I've been teaching now for 12 years and I used to teach teachers how to teach Pilates. I still teach people how to teach Pilates. I just don't teach them from the beginning. I actually take teachers who are already in their method. Um, and I enhance them and then, um, it sounds so arrogant. I enhance them. <laughs> No, no girl, own it, own it. I help them like, just per, like progress in their teaching. And then I work with them on business concepts because another thing that I got really frustrated and sad about was I saw all these people were becoming teachers and somebody told them that they could just be a teacher learning one part of the method. I'm sure you all have seen that. Like think back in your life, like there's like somebody who's like doing something, but they were only trained on one part of it. And I got so sad because I couldn't hire them. I couldn't like, I, I felt bad telling them like, you're not trained enough to do this. And so I actually wrote a book on how to become a Pilates instructor just to like solve that problem. And, um, and then that turned into the coaching program that my husband does with me. And then, um, so yeah, so somewhere in between 2000, the recession, I became a Pilates instructor and then about seven years ago so like six-ish years into my career I actually like became homeless and without a studio to rent from and a lot of things changed in my life and um, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me and now I'm here in LA with my own Pilates studio I have a uh, retreat house in Cambodia we travel 140,000 miles a year and I kind of get to do what I want for a living I'm kind of, I just do what I want for a living. Um, it's been really, really fun. But the, the roller coaster, you guys, it's kind of a wild ride, but it's worth it. Um, there are so many things in here that I'm like, oh my gosh. So first of all, let's rewind. 
So I love that when you found resistance, you let that be information rather than it being a negative thing. Sure. It probably felt really shitty at the time, but you let that allow you to create a solution. So you wrote a book about something because you didn't see it. You decided to do create things because you didn't have the answer. The answer didn't exist in that moment. And I think that is like mind blowing. Is that something that you just innately had in you? Did you have someone coaching you through that? What was that journey? You know, I, I only discovered like that you should, like I should have a coach the year you and I ran into each other at the bliss project. So was that last year? So that was 2019. So in 2019, I dove into having coaches, but before that, no, I just, I think it's part of, you know, childhood. I think everybody looks back at their childhood and has like, ugh, my childhood was awful. And, you know, my parents are awesome human beings. They did the best they can, but like the bottom was always going to fall out. And so I think I was used to, oh, the bottom fell out. How can I get creative and solve this problem? Like I wanted to have a car. There's no way my family was able to afford a car for me. I wanted to go to college. That wasn't a possibility financially for them, but I got all those things because I just, I was like, well, how can I make that happen? So I kind of, I think that I've always like when a resistance happens or shit hits the fan or the bottom drops out, I'm like, well, what can I do? And I go that direction and I let that kind of be the path. And I'm not saying I don't cry through it or I don't like throw myself on the ground and go, why is this happening to me? But I kind of give myself a moment to have that tantrum. And then I'm like, okay, what can I do? And so I think it's probably stems from just like survival from childhood that actually helps me a lot in my business. And now having awareness around it, it's almost like I can control this little magical, it's like a magical superpower. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Like I literally, when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, you were just a natural entrepreneur because of your circumstance. Like instead of your circumstance, letting you be a victim or not become successful or sit in what you came from, you're like, I'm going to become an entrepreneur in some like subconscious way. And I'm going to figure things out. And I think that's so inspiring because right now, look, we're all going through some crazy stuff right now in the world. So I, I know that people are facing challenges. And I think hearing that and being able to start thinking about the challenges that we're facing right now, instead of being a slave to the circumstance, it's how do we find that, that entrepreneurial spirit or that like courageous spirit that's like, okay, what's the solution? So I think that's super valid right now for everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, when, when we heard about, you know, we, we, we heard about the coronavirus, obviously when it happened in China and we were really aware of it. We, my husband and I, because we had a retreat in Cambodia coming up and it was kind of in this like weird, like, do we do it or do we not do it? Do we do, and we couldn't really cancel because that would have cost us tens of thousands of dollars to cancel because I would have had to refund these people money. Plus they bought plane tickets. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and we made the decision to do it because where we were going, there was actually not a problem with the virus there. And it was a really beautiful experience in that all of my retreaters were coming from the States or Australia. And we got to have a week of like kind of retreat from the panic that was happening. Like Australia was buying up all the toilet paper. Like while we're there, they ran out of toilet paper, you know, um, in Cambodia, they used bidets. And so all my retreaters were like, well, I'll just get a bidet when I get back. Like, there we go. Right? <laughs> so good. So um, and, you know, it was funny because as long as we were just enjoying like working in Cambodia, the virus didn't seem to be something that was something we couldn't get through. The moment we came back to the States, it felt really hard and really heavy. 
And I think it's because people are tend to focus on the wrong thing. And so yes, people are suffering and a lot of people are dying, but there's also a lot of possibility in this. And I think people are forgetting that when the recession happened, so many of our most favorite businesses in the world came from that. Like I became a Pilates instructor full time during that. I be, I started running a studio. Um, I, I you know like that was that was actually like a birth of like an entire career. And um, now, when when what I saw when this happened is like well, we had to immediately come back and we had to cancel our London trip and we had to refund some money. And that sucked. Like refunding people money is also not fast, y'all. It took us six hours to do that. And that was pissing me off because I was like, oh, it's costing money and time. But what we did was, what can we do? And I immediately was like, okay, what do people need right now? What do teachers need right now? And we created a, a, a live virtual program to teach people how to teach virtual sessions and how to charge for them so they're not giving away their stuff for free. Um, we knew that people wanted to work out. So I've never offered a live workout with me. So we did that. And between those two things, I actually made back all the money I lost on London. So like, if you have that, what can I do attitude? Um, there's a, a way out of this and you don't become like, you don't become reactive to a problem. You become proactive. And so this last seven weeks of just being in quarantine, my husband and I have had a really good time just focusing on what can we do and how does this work towards our vision? And, you know, I had rethought my vision out um, back seven years ago. I mentioned that like I was without address is what I like to say, because in LA there are people who are truly homeless and I always had a, a couch to sleep on. Um, but um, I left someone I've been dating for five years uh, for no reason, except for that it just was probably, well, definitely was the wrong relationship. Um, but there was no fighting and there was no anything. Um, I left and I had no house. I didn't have any money. It was his house. It was his stuff. Um, I totaled my car a month later, leaving his house with some of my things. And then the studio I rented space from told me it was closing. So like within, I, I it was like, you know, every time I turned around, something was disappearing. And I kind of, I, I just kept going, okay, what can I do? Well, what can I do now? And so I basically took it as, well, everything is leaving me. That's not necessary. Like that's, I need to just actually let it go. And it was easier to not resist those things. So it was actually easier on me to just let it go and see like what was possible. And what happened in those three months of not having address was the coolest thing. I got to live all over the city of LA and I got to try on all the different areas for size. Um, I got to just, I got to rent different cars and see what kind of car I wanted to drive. Um, I got to actually explore like, well, what if I didn't have to fight traffic? What if I lived near where I taught? Like, what if I did it the opposite of every Angelino? And, um, and it was that year. It was in those times that I actually really recreated like where I wanted to go with my life. And it's everything I'm doing right now is all from that time. And so with, with, with Rona in our lives, I just keep thinking, well, this is going to set the stage for the next seven years. So I really should just be like, thank you for this opportunity. Oh my goodness. I mean, holy shit, girl. Like my mouth, my jaw is on the ground. I know you guys can't see me, but like literally my mouth is open because 
this is wild. Was your mindset this positive during it? Or is this like in hindsight, you can see this is, this is beautiful. Or were you in that moment being like, okay, I'm going to see, you know, which cars I like to drive. I'm going to see what neighborhoods I want to, I want to live in. Was that mindset always there? Or is that something you've been able no, to cultivate? It really, it really actually was there. Um, uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I had a therapist. Everyone, I think. Great. Yeah, I think everyone needs, needs a therapist. A therapist. <laughs> I have. I have a different one now who I really love. Uh, she happens to focus on leadership, which I was like, "Oh, well, you're a perfect therapist perfect. for me. Thank you." <laughs> um, but I had a therapist then who was really helping me um, continue to feel positive because I was like, "I feel really weird. I feel like people are really worried about me," and I'm like. I'm good. And I'm like, and, but like, I had to keep asking her, like, am I good? Like, is it okay that I'm, that I'm good right now? And she's like, it's totally fine. And, and we talked about some different things. And I think people want you to, they want so badly for you to be fine that they worry when you go against the grain. Um, but to be honest, like when you're with the grain, you're probably on somebody else's path and it's really uncomfortable. Like when I was with my ex, you know, I was with him for five years. We probably should never have been together that long. Probably should have gone past three dates. But so many people were like, oh, he's got this great job. Oh, you know, oh, look at this house. Oh, he's this. Oh, he takes you to nice dinners. Oh, he plans things. He calls you. Like <laughs> the bar was really low for women in LA, I think. <laughs> um, and so I kind of was going along the grain because that felt so normal. Um, but in that time, so I was trying on houses, guys, I was trying on cars. I was also trying on dating. Like I made dating a job. I really did. I made dating a job. I was like, I'm only, I'm going to date every kind of guy. And I used to blog about it, which I think is really important. It was like a journal. So y'all should do it journal, um, post it for people to read it or keep it for yourself. But I was like, I'm going to try on every kind of jean. Dating is like jean shopping. How do you know what jeans actually look good on you? You keep buying the same ones. So I just tried on all these jeans. And when I was introduced to my husband, my girlfriend is just like, you need to meet this guy. And I was like, oh, his jeans are smaller than mine. I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that. Oh my gosh. Um, but that was, I had fun with it. And I think, I think that's also really key. Like when you're like in it, when you are struggling with it, you've got to figure out like, how can I, have fun with this. How can this be easier? And maybe it's because I'm an Aquarius and I talk to myself all the time or, uh, but I, I find that when it's heavy and when it's gross, like rolling around in like your sadness or depression gets annoying. Like I get annoyed with myself. And so I really don't like to spend a lot of time in that space. So when I'm in it, I'm like, okay, how can I make this fun? What can we do to be happy right now? And, um, so when I'm not that person, I can tell that I, I I'm not in alignment with where I want to be. And that's, a, that's a sign. So being, you know, you can all, if you all go back and think back of like the last 10 years or since the recession, and you think about the different things you've gone through, you can see the patterns, you can see the signs of when you're going to be in it. And so when they come up now, I can get out of them much faster because I'm like, Oh, this is the just going through that thing. Okay. Well, how can we make it easy? What can make it fun? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I love that. I was just reading in a book, um, the audacity to be queen by Gina DeVee. 
Um, I love that book. I love the title. I'm in already. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to read it. But she um, was talking about this workshop that she went to. And the first question was, that, so what's your pattern with men? Like, what has your pattern been when she was going to this like relationship thing where she was trying to attract her king? But it was, it's so true. We don't often spend time reflecting in what our past patterns are, whether it's our money patterns or our dating patterns or our nutrition and health patterns. And I find a lot of women, including myself, tend to make ourselves so busy, quote unquote, we just pack things in and, you know, the dates and the, and the classes and the job and the friends and the career and all this stuff so that we don't ever take the time to sit back and check in. How am I feeling? Am I in alignment? Am I repeating patterns that I've had in the past? What am I doing? And I think right now we actually have space to do that, but it's scary. It is scary oh, to confront yeah. that stuff. And I think that this is just, this is beautiful. Like the, the crazy, amazing divine timing that all of this is happening because right now is the time to change those patterns. And I love that you bring that up. Well, cause we have so much time to, to like, to do that. Right. So I have been like, okay, you've been saying you want to read a book. So every day you got to at least pick the book up and read a page, you know, start with one yep. page. Like I, um, you have to keep your expectations, you know, not low. It's not the wrong thing, but just reasonable for yourself. Yeah. Like you, you know, um, and I am someone who likes to be busy. Um, but I'm trying to go, okay, well, instead of being busy with appointments and with work, quote unquote, like, how can I take space and be busy, like being with myself and doing what makes me happy and playing around with my routine. And, um, there's that, it's it Yogi Berra who says, wherever you go, there you are. Like, <laughs> right now everyone's like definitely with themselves. So I really do think it'd be really fun for you to figure out like, what do you do you actually like, you know, my, my husband is, was a musician. You guys, I used to date guys who were lawyers or doctors. They had all their shit together. Like come again, remember childhood bottom always fell out. So I was like, Ooh, security. You have multiple college degrees and you have a mission. But that was not serving me. If it was, I would be with that person, right? So I actually ended up, I was like, well, what would it be like to date someone who's a musician? Can we talk about something a little, like, could we even more unstable than girl? <laughs> and, and you know, what's really funny is he's so entrepreneurial. Like he was the band manager. Like he, he was also a great, amazing singer, but he would manage the bands and everything. And so because of his entrepreneurial org, organizational skills which I don't have all of the things that I wanted to do were able to actually happen because I could had support to get them done and so um so that was really easy and here I was always dating people who would just do the thing as opposed to someone who could help me put the systems in place so I could do the thing mm. and so you know I think it's really important going back to your a uh, couple things about um the type queen the audacity and the patterns my therapist get, told me something that I think is so key. And I tell everybody it, you can use this in life and in business, right? Like um, how red was that flag? Like everybody's, there are red flags on every meeting, every meeting. You meet people mm. in business, you meet people at the store to be a friend. There's, there, if there's a red flag, you have to ask yourself, Ooh, how red is that flag? Cause a red flag for me might be orange to somebody else. It might be yellow. It might be a totally green light. Like, you know, there are some people who like other things than I, that's totally fine. 
So when I play that game, it makes it really easy for me to explore. Like, do I want to partner with somebody? Cause like, you know, there's even friends will delay texting back to you. Is that a red flag to me? Does that bother me? Like, and then if you just ask like, Oh, why does it take you three days to get back to people on text messages? Oh, I prefer phone calls. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah. here I could be somebody like, like, Oh, that's a red flag. No, and that's just not how to communicate. And so by playing that game, when you're meeting people that you could partner with, or you could date, you can actually go, Oh, that's a red flag. Okay. Let me explore that red flag. It might legitimately be fire red. And then that's your answer, but you could also end up having a really cool relationship with someone you may never have given the time of day. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I see that in business. I see that in relationships. I see that. Oh, so, so many good things. So can we talk more about you and your husband? Cause you guys are the cutest people on the planet. Like when you say that you dated like lawyers and doctors, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to me because seeing you and like knowing you in the way that I do and just seeing like you and your man, I'm like, there's no way you could be with anyone else but him. I know there is none. No, he's, he's my best friend and, um, like perfect mate. Um, and if you don't want to believe in soulmates, that's okay. But like, I, I do believe in them. And I believe that we met each other at the exact right time. Like we would never have worked out how we met five years before, mm-hmm. not even a chance, you know? Um, and it was, it was just a divine timing. Um, we, so you guys, we met, um, in 2013 around Halloween and he was performing in his band and my girlfriend was like, you have to meet this guy. Like basically figured out a way to get me into the showcase. That's what they're called. So you don't know anything about music, there's concerts, but there's also their showcases where they know everybody in that room and they're trying to get signed. And um, so having someone like me, a Pilates instructor there, not normal and also not necessary but I went there to check him out and I knew I was there to check him out. He did not know I was there to check him out and also was like not really into wanting to meet me, but I was like, Oh, he's so cute. And he's so friendly. Like everyone who meets Brad, Brad is so friendly. He's so friendly. Like it probably, sometimes I'm like, I think you make me look like I'm mean because he's so friendly. (laughs) Um, He's so helpful and he's the cutest smile. And uh, I saw him play and I was like, Oh my God. I'm into this guy with you on a date. And the funny thing is, is he was not interested in dating at that time. Um, he was going through a divorce, actually. Uh, my friend obviously didn't know. And uh, so when his drummer was like, oh, who's that redhead in the front row? He was like, oh, it's a friend of a friend. And the drummer was like, looked at him and he's like, no, you can have her. Like, just like non-interested. <laughs> um, but, you know, it took us, um, this is what I think is really key. And I love to get this point across to people. Um, I love talking business and we can always do that. But when it comes to relationships, you guys, it doesn't happen the way you always expect. It doesn't happen uh, like in a time frame. Like it took us nine months from that day to even go out on a real date. Nine no months. way. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, I mean, he was going through divorce. I had just broken up with someone six months before I finally got an apartment. It had a bed in it and a peace sign lamp and my grandmother's china. That's all I had. So like we weren't exactly like either of us should have been in a relationship, but um, we, because of 
Facebook and the way LA is set up, we just slowly started to continue to run into each other, sort of like you and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just like kept bringing us together. And, um, and uh, we started hanging out on Thursday nights about four months after meeting. So every Thursday night, he would call me up and go, I want to get something to eat. And I already eaten because I don't eat at 8 p.m. I eat at a normal hour. But I'm like, no, come on over and we'll go get something to eat. And I got like a, a tea and we'd walk around the village that I uh, live in here in LA, Western Village, and walk around and, and then we'd hook up and then he'd leave. And I'm like, hey, like he's not ready to date yet. Like I just was dating other people. I was trying on other jeans. And, um, and then I should rewind because there's some key parts, you guys. Our first date in air quotes he did not know he was on was totally set up I did not know he was going through divorce you know like nor did my friend she's I just wanted to go on a date with him so she like made a date happen but he didn't think it was a date he thought he was meeting somebody else and so total manipulation if you ask him what happened but I think it was just like you know a good friend helping a girl out so uh we ended up uh really talking for several hours and I found out that he was going to divorce, but we also found out that we're both very entrepreneurial and uh, we talked about our breakups and we talked about Strength Finders 2.0 and we discovered that we had similar strengths and opposite strengths and then we decided to just go back to his place because that's how nerdy entrepreneurial we are. We're like, ooh, you're into Strength Finders 2.0, let's, let's hook up. <laughs> <laughs> So I left his place and I didn't give him my number and he didn't ask and I didn't give it to him because I was like, I don't want to have expectations of him calling me because you guys, men who are going through that, like they don't know where they are. They need to duty date. I needed to duty date. I call it duty date. You got to go on the dates to like get the old relationship out. So uh, he called me a week later. He got my number through Facebook and everything. And and uh, he's like, I just want to make sure I like don't, I can't give any expectations. Like he basically called me up to dump me. And um, I was just like, hey, it's fine. No expectations. Like go figure your shit out. And like, you know, well, when you're, if you're ready and I'm single, lucky us, right? And like, I just played it cool. And so, you know, it took us a while, but then we started hanging out on Thursday nights. And then June after we met, so we're at like, eight and a half months, he comes over, we've been hanging out every Thursday, and then sometimes on Fridays, and I was like, okay, this is kind of a relationship, I'm like into him, I knew I was going to marry him from the day after we had, we hooked up, um, he just didn't know that, but I did, and um, he dumped me again, and we weren't even dating, but he totally no. was like, I just want to make sure I'm not leading you on, after and like nine like, months, yeah, of Thursday night, yeah, day. OMG, girl, I, know. I was like, so I sat there and listened to him for two hours, tell me everything he liked about me. And I basically was just like, you've just stopped liking me so much. It's freaking you out. And um, it took a couple weeks, but we had tickets to the same event and we're both stubborn. So we both went to it and he's like, I just know I feel really good when I'm with you. So we've been, we got started dating and then we got married nine months after we got engaged nine months after that. So it was a quick dating relationship. And then we got married four months later, but, um, we work together. He is my business partner and my best friend. And it's, it, it works for us to work together. Not everyone should work together, but works for us. And he is 
beautiful and loving and generous and awesome. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Now, did you deal with any um, outside opinions, like from friends or family after he had, you know, dumped you twice, but then you still went in for it? Like, were people worried for you? Did you care? Was that even a thought? Um, you know, I, when I would talk about him, I would talk about how, um, like I didn't really bring up the dumping cause it was like kind of funny. It's like, of course you can't date me right now. Like you're waiting, like you gotta figure your divorce out. <laughs> Duh. You know, um, I think my friends who were actually the most concerned are those, those friends who have very stable lives and they have very traditional lives and the more traditional relationships and, um, our relationship because one of us isn't a quote unquote breadwinner and like neither of us have, uh, we don't work for any, but we're for ourselves. So like those people who need that kind of security were very concerned. Absolutely. But you can't not love him. <laughs> so it's really hard. Um, but I also think, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't talk with my girlfriends about all the things that I didn't like about someone. I would, because I think that it's really important to like address that you could also be the problem. <laughs> like if you, um, not saying that people don't have problems, but like how, uh, like how are you in that scenario? Like, what am I bringing to it? Like, if I keep dating people who don't treat me with love and respect, why am I allowing that to happen? What am I saying? So like one of the first things in our relationship, he was late to an event. He was late to picking me up for an event that I had to go to. That's a massive problem for me. That made me trigger into feeling like I was with somebody else who I dated and like they didn't respect me or my time. And I was just like, so um, I just have to be honest. I need to be on time for things. And so I think the best thing is I'll tell you when things are important that we're on time for. And if you could just make that a priority, that'd be great. And I won't stress if you're late to things. You guys are the musicians. They're not on time for anything. Have you been to a concert where they're on time? They're on time. Never. And so it's worked out really well. And so I think, you know, when it comes to friends who are overprotective, I think it's really important that sometimes we don't paint people in their true light because we're trying to be right and it's not about being right it's about like the learning process and the growth around it and i'm not saying people should walk all over you but just exploring like how you were in that situation that that happened you know and then if if you can make changes for the next time or the next person um so my friends who are worried they're always worried about me because they just think that like I'm never going to be able to pay my bills, which is hilarious because we think plenty of money. But, um, but I think that those friends that worry and you have to, this is really key. You have to be clear on whose opinions of you matter. And so those are friends who I love, but their opinion of me doesn't matter as much as some other friends. So, Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so speaking about the growth and the mindset, can we jump topics and you, like, I know you from personal development seminars and workshops, and I know that now you are part of masterminds. Like we've talked about different masterminds. I joined a different one, but we both had, you know, similar ideas. Can you just talk to me, us about 
what that decision was in realizing I need to, in order to get to the next level, I need to invest in myself as a leader, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a person. What did that look like? Because in the past you said you had therapists, but the idea of a coach or a business coach and all of that is kind of new. Can you share on that? Yeah. So I, um, I had been introduced to a life coach a long time ago. Um, and I, I enjoyed it, but I, um, as much of an introvert uh, that I am, I like the accountability, um, and I have a group and I also get really inspired by being in a group. Like some of my best ideas are from hearing other people's businesses that have nothing to do with mine. And so I, um, I made it a commitment to myself, you know, as someone who'd gone through stuff to learn how to coach people and learn how to coach a group. And, um, as a, as a Pilates instructor, a lot of what I do is just coaching people. Like we're doing the hundred, but we're also like talking about life. And so I did a lot of work and just understanding how to help them. But I felt like in order to help them more, I had to like actually take myself to another level. And so I was really exploring like what that would look like. And so last year I actually did three masterminds. Um, yeah, I did. I did one with, um, a copywriting expert, which is like a funny mastermind to be in, but it was really cool to explore writing. Um, and then when you and I ran into each other, I did that mastermind and I did that one twice. And that one was so cool because, um, I got to have my husband in it the second time I did it. And he and I got to explore what would it look like if we just got rid of his businesses and we just worked together. And I think the reason you should invest in a mastermind or a group coach or even a one-on-one -on -one coach. I mean, like I said, I did that and I liked it, but I really love having um, a group uh, aspect to it um, is that you can, you only can go so far and you can read all the books. Like I'm sure you, Sam and I can like quote, every book on all the things you can do. And then you can ask us, so did you do the funnel yet? Like, no, no, I didn't do the funnel yet. I sure did. But like when sure you did not, <laughs> sure did not. I know. Yeah, I know. So, um, so I know when you have that accountability group and that, and that, uh, mastermind and that coach, there's, uh, you have to hear yourself make up that excuse on a regular basis. And you have someone who's literally their job is to call you out. So I think friends are great. I have tons of entrepreneurial friends. My best friend has his own business and it's nice, but neither of us hold each other accountable to our goals. We don't like, sometimes we might go, Hey, you, did, did you have that party thing you were going to do? But like, that's not what our relationship is based on. But, um, I have in my weekly life, I have three girlfriends from old masterminds that I have 30 minute check-in dates with. We still check in, uh, which this is really fun. Uh, you can do, um, so all it is, is we just go, we do a quick hello and then we go into what's working well this past week, what didn't work well, uh, what we are going to work on and what we need support on. And then we shut up. The other person can like offer the support or ideas or just be like, I freaking hear you and let me think about it. And then the other person goes, and then when they go, that's it. And you go, okay, see you next week. Bye. And that's all it is. And I think this is my dearest friends. Um, 
And then we're in another group. My husband and I are in another group right now. And I'm really loving the accountability, the organization of it. Um, you all can learn so much, even from a group that you're not jiving with, because you can learn like, well, why? Oh, no, I need to have one-on-one -on -one, or I need to have a bigger group or I need to be amongst these kind of people. So I think everything is an opportunity to learn. Um, but I, if you are an entrepreneur, you can't do it on your own. Like you cannot. And so you have to be around people. And I think masterminds are the easiest place to get the most massive growth um, because everyone's there for the same reason. So they're all there to support you. It's like instant networking, instant friends. Yes. I can't, I can't even tell you because this year was the, I've done like high level coaching experiences, but this is my first year diving into high level, high ticket price entrepreneur mastermind. And I've gone through that experience literally in the last two weeks of having to declare a goal and also having to declare what I'm going to do if I don't hit it. And having that as a, Oh shit, I've got to get this done. Like, to me, you know, yes, I'm an achiever, but if I declare it to a group of 25 women and if I have to declare what I'm going to do, if I don't hit that goal, like just to give you an example, cause I think it's hilarious. Like I want to know what did you put down as your dumb? Okay. So at first, and this, I, I'm dying when I'm sharing this, but at first I was like, okay, what will I give up? And I was like, well, I guess I'll sell some, you know, I'll get rid of, and no, I wasn't tell. I was going to get rid of like some of my favorite workout clothes or my favorite shoes. And I'm like, yeah, but I would just buy them back. Like that's not going to be stressful for me. Um, and so another girl wrote on there that she was not going to shave her mustache her the skin above her lip for a month if she did not hit her goal. And this girl has like very dark hair. And she was like, this is very serious for me. And I was like, Oh, that like hurts me in my heart. So I decided if I don't hit my goal, that I'm going to let my armpit hair grow out for a month. And I am a workout person. I'm constantly in tank tops and sports bras. And this is going to be in the heat of the summer. And my laser hair removal did not work. And so this stresses me out beyond belief. And some people are- Oh my God, I love this. Some people are, like this one made me laugh. I, I'm not going to say who it was, but they're going to donate to the opposite campaign president that they, like, they feel very strongly about. Um, there were some people that were like, I'm not going to shop at my favorite place for the next year. There, I mean, there were so many amazing things. I'm going to cut my hair. Like there were so many amazing things that, you know, to everyone else, it doesn't mean anything. But when you make that commitment and like that, that, that feeling of, oh shit, if I don't do this, I'm going to have long, gross armpit hair. Like I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, just me telling somebody I'm going to do something is enough, enough pressure to actually just do the thing. Cause I'm too embarrassed to say I yes. didn't hit it. Like I, I just can't, mm -hmm. but, um, I, there's actually an app that you can go on. And, uh, Tim Ferriss talked about it a long time ago. Cause he was like, help like one of his things about how to like make sure you hit a goal. And like, if, if you don't lose 10 pounds, you'll donate money to, so you actually put the money in the account and it is set to donate to, um, the charity that goes against what you believe or the oh, campaign wow. or, or like it's going to send an email to some, like there's like, you can have an email sent to somebody that, you know, you're going to quit your job, whatever, if you don't hit this goal. So like there's an app for that, which I find very <laughs> cool. That would be like the most pressure. Like, Oh my God, the money's going to go anyway, whether I do this, but, um, 
I think one of the things you'll learn the most about being in a, uh, I would say, I would definitely do a high ticket mastermind. Everyone should just put it on your card. You will a it's skin in the game to get your shit done. Like when I did the mastermind, the, the one that, that you and I ran into each other and I did that one, I was like, that's the most money I've ever spent on my yep. business. That has nothing like, like literally like I spent $30,000 on applies equipment guys. I can make that back because I can see each client come in and go, okay, we've made that back, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, for a mastermind, it's really hard to see how that investment pays off. And luckily that coach was really, really great because he actually wanted us to pay that money back for ourselves. So we had goals that were around like re-earning that investment. And so he, I learned how to do my first launch because of that. I didn't even know I was doing launches, but I was doing launches, but I wasn't doing them well. Um, they were fine, but they actually taught me how to do it in a way that was really great. And you guys, that was a year ago last week that I did that real launch and it was subscriptions. So during this Rona, during this crisis, um, 80% of those subscriptions renewed. Well, that was a really nice amount of money to just come through that I wasn't expecting. I forgot about, I was like, oh my God, and I didn't have to worry about it. Incredible. And I learned it by going to a mastermind and the, and like having that, I better make this money back and then some. And so we did. And then I took that money and reinvested in doing it again. And my husband and I made sure that we had another launch that would pay us back for two of us to be in it and then some. So this fall, we'll have another subscription thing go through that will be, it's not free money, but it's like we did the work one time. So I highly recommend if you're, if you're trying, if you can't make your magic happen on your own or you've gone really far and you're just stuck, I got so unstuck. I got so unstuck. And I, my, the ideas that we're doing, like we have online classes.com is one of our businesses. And, um, some of the things we're doing are because I heard other people ask a question about an idea they had of which they didn't even do. But I was like, well, how could I do that? Well, how could I make that happen? And now we're paying people to help us put on events virtually. I got to pay collage instructors who are out of work. Some of them almost $400 just by hosting a class for me to teach. That's all they had to do. And that came from just being in a room, listening to other people ask questions. And I just, I love this because it's like you investing in your business and investing in yourself allows you to then give back bigger, like good people that have a lot of money get to do really good things. And yeah, that's, you know, another giant thing that I'm all for is being unapologetic in your worth. And that's financial as well as that self-esteem and like being unapologetic about, yes, I am a woman and I make a shit ton of money. And because of that, I get to help in so many ways. I get to support so many people. So the more I'm making, that's like more lives that I'm changing. And when I start to see that value, that energetic um, interaction, it is massive because, you know, I have major massive money stories and I think you and I kind of have a similar background in, in that way. I think so. Um, and so to really step into that mindset has been big for me, but I know that this mastermind is making me go to that next level a thousand percent. Yeah. So I love that you brought up the money mindset things. I, I money stories actually, because you know, um, I don't, I actually will have to jam out. I'll have to learn more about yours, but you know, 
in my family and even my husband's family, it's not like I, like anyone in our family are entrepreneurs. Like we are, we're like very interesting black sheep. Um, <laughs> and um, also, even when I was only teaching flies, I don't want to say just teaching flies because it's a very awesome gig. If you have it, you can make tons. I made six figures. That was more than anyone in my family has ever made. My parents combined didn't make six figures. And so honestly, like I could have stopped there and was like, whoa, six figures, I'm rolling in it. Luckily I live in LA. And so that's not enough. <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> not, it's not enough to make six figures. And I needed to be in that, those rooms because I needed to see people who were, further along in their journey, making more money and being awesome human beings and going, Oh, Oh, they can make, they are making seven figures. Um, okay. And they're not an asshole and they give back and like, Oh, I want to do that. And so what's really cool is by being in those rooms, one, we, we've been introduced to some charities that are just so in alignment with what we truly believe. And we're able to see how could we grow our business in a way that gives back. So right now we're able to give city leaders income, a stream of income, especially right now. Right. And then on top of that, starting next month, as our membership base grows on online class classes, um, dot com, which we call OPC. And I love it because it makes me think of that song um, by Naughty by Nature. So we go OPC. Yeah. You know me. I, uh, yes, I, that's are, exactly what I thought. Oh, so good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like totally on our merch and everything. And so, um, so luckily our 80 year old members do not know that song. They think it's cute and it rhymes. They have no idea what that music video is referring to, but, um, but we are now able to add in that we're going to uh, donate a percentage of our membership dues every month to a charity um, specifically right now, this one is more locally based, but they are growing more internationally, um, nationally specifically, but they actually feed the homeless and they can feed one homeless person, two meals for 89 cents. They're called lunch on me. Y'all check them out. Yeah. 89 cents. And they're buying back the food that the grocery stores pre-made. Like if I'm a whole foods girl, so I go prepared section. I'm like, thanks. Look at this kitchen. Look what they made me. <laughs> so, um, so, but I always was like, gosh, what do they do with this food that doesn't get purchased? And actually this charity, Lunch on Me, buys it, uh, buys it from several different grocery store chains and they are able to reheat it up. And even during this pandemic, y'all, they are able to still feed the homeless because they don't have uh, a shelter that people come to to eat at. They actually, they actually take the food out to them. So they've been able to continue to feed people during this time. And so you know, one thing that motivates me to make our business make more, it's not just because I know that Pilates makes people better humans. And it's not just because I want to make more money, but it's because the more we grow, the more I can uh, give money to teachers who support our cause and also give money to a charity that is truly um, helping people in a way that I would love to. I used to say, I, wanna, I wish I had time to go work with a charity. Well, you know, I don't have the time, but I can give them money. And so um, I think what's really cool is by being in these masterminds that I've invested in those ideas that I've always wanted to have, I found a way to bring them together and just make them part of the business rather than go, Oh, I just don't have the time or the money to work with a charity. Well, no, I, now I do, you know? 
That's incredible. Totally. And you're asking better questions. It literally takes us full circle to the beginning of this interview. I love it. So where can people find you? People want to know, LL, where can they find you online? Yeah, you guys, um, I can be found, well, I spend most of my time working with onlinepilatesclasses.com, so OPC. You can go there and you can check out how you can actually take Pilates classes online. They're super fun. Um, if you want to jam out about business, um, I, you can find me at profitablepilates.com. I like to keep the URLs really simple. So, <laughs> so you can go to those two things. And the um, if you're an Instagram lover, um, I am too. I have two of them, but just simply go, just look up Leslie Logan, L-E-S-L-E-Y, and uh, choose the choose the one that works best for you, either the one about Pilates or the one about business, and DM me and let me know that you heard this. I'd love to hear uh, what your takeaway was or what you're working on. I, um, I think what's really cool about this world that we live in is how small it is, and um, I, I think it's really important just to remember that, so, and, you know, when you're freaking out and wondering what the fuck's happening to you and why this is happening in air quotes to you, just remember it's happening for you. And, um, how, how could it be happening for you? That's one of the easiest questions to ask yourself. If you're not comfortable asking questions about yourself, just ask, how is this happening for me and see what it tells you. Girl. Oh my gosh. I just want to say you are amazing. You are a light, like literally in a room, even though we kind of like kind of kept crossing paths. I always was like, this girl is amazing. Like, I don't know if it's her bright lipstick and we're just like lipstick soul sisters, or if it's your energy or if it's just like, I, I think that you glow and that you just share and spread like light and joy and fun and just like feel good vibes. So I just want to acknowledge you for showing up for <laughs> moving through your stuff and to asking for asking those questions that have helped you grown and like just spread your light. Like I'm just such a fan. I want to hang out more eventually, like whenever we can actually physically do that. Um, I know, but, but we'll, have a, we'll have a virtual date. Yeah. Let's we might need to do happen. that. We might need to do that. But before we finish, I have one last question. So the podcast is called full out and it is okay. all about, you know, as a dancer, you can either mark things where it's very small, it's quiet, it's, you know, very small movement, or you can do things full out, full leaps, turns, jumps, lipstick, rhinestones, all the things. So if someone was to ask you, how do I live my life full out? What is your quick advice? Oh my God. It made, you made me think of cheer. I just watched that, that <laughs> whole thing. Society, like I'm a shiny object person, but I visually know what full out looks like. Yes, you sure I do now. That show. <laughs> I do. Okay. So full out, you have to know your vision. They no dancer goes full out without actually knowing what the performance that their, their goal of the performance is. I was not a dancer, but I'm just going to like channel those cheer peeps. They didn't like go full out and design the pyramid while going full out. You have to know what the big picture vision is. And it does get it does change as you start to work on things. I'm very clear on my vision. And so every day when I go full out, it is like indirect. Like I have my navigation system on, this is the house that I want with the llama and the pig and my husband and my studio and the dogs. And like, I know what that is. So I can go that way. And I think that is the only way you could go full out. Otherwise you could just be busy. 
and it will feel good. Like I'm doing stuff, but you're not going actually towards, it won't, it won't take you where you want to go. So know your vision, know where you're going, and then you can totally go full out. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.